Hello and welcome to One Track Mind, a podcast about the real issues, forces and innovations shaping the future of sport. I'm your host, Sam Robertson. This week's mini episode coincides with one of the biggest events in world sport, the Olympic Games. Irrespective of whether you think they should have gone ahead or not, I'm sure we can all agree that some of the performances by the athletes already have been outstanding. These feats of human athleticism are impressive in and of themselves, but particularly so when we look at them against the backdrop of COVID-19 and the vastly different preparation and training conditions many of the athletes have faced. One thing we've especially enjoyed is watching the post-event interviews, when the exhausted but elated athletes are given the opportunity to say a few words to the millions of viewers across the globe. So this week, we thought we'd share some of our own. We've had a lot of fantastic guests on the show thus far, and now's your chance to get to know some of them better through a segment we call 5 in 5. In this, we ask guests to answer five questions about themselves, their career, and of course, the future of sport, all in less than five minutes. The first comes from Nicholas Evans, who originally joined us on episode 5 to talk about where sport would be in 20 years. A quick reminder, Nicholas is the head of football research and standards at FIFA, who are of course well-known leaders in sports innovation. Alright Nicholas, first question, what do you see as football's biggest current challenge? Um, I think simply put, it's navigating change while still ensuring um, uniformity. So essentially globalizing uh, with with different regions uh, and and local realities. How about your best sporting memory? I don't think there's one one single one. I wasn't particularly good uh, as an athlete myself in various sports. So I'd I'd actually say for me, it's really... um, Latin American, South American fans uh, and their dedication to the team. I mean, standing in front of a wall of Chilean or Colombian or Mexican fans at a FIFA World Cup is is second to none just to see how the, these people support their team. And I think something that a lot of uh, fans and or a lot of people in sport can still learn something from. I think quite a few of our listeners would probably be quite jealous of that experience. Uh, who has influenced you most in your career? Tough one. Uh, I think career-wise, I, I was probably fortunate to be surrounded by quite a lot of practically-minded academics um, that, that turned, for most of their case, unwilling mentors. I think if I can if I can name three, they'd be Professor Fry from the University of St. Gallen, who always sort of uh, taught the practical approach. Um, Professor Eric Harrison, who's been a long-time advisor uh, to, to myself and the the, the jobs we've done at FIFA and I think who's always managed to sort of put forward the scientific principles and I'd also mention um, Professor Len Noakes who at the right time at the beginning of my career probably gave some very sound advice coming from a from a practitioner so th- those would be the three that I'd uh, highlight here but of course there were many more um, that, that, that helped me forward. Uh, what would be one piece of advice that you'd give to the next generation who are looking to come out and forge a career in the football industry? Look, for me, always don't don't stop until you're satisfied with your own effort. That's fully irrespective of whether you're a coach or not. Um, and I, I would almost argue, without this being controversial, don't worry too much about others' opinions. So I think if, if you think you're on the right path and you have the uh, the means to, to sort of prove it, be that data, be it your, 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 your gut or the right people to go along, um, then keep on your path and don't, you know, don't turn around too much and ask what other people think. And the last question, what will be the biggest change to football in the next 10 years? Yeah, I think in a, in a nutshell, um, 
I'd say integrating data-driven um, and more factual decision-making processes into a structure that's currently in transition and that's not there yet. Um, I think ultimately that that comes down to a sort of professionalization and, and accountability based uh, for what you're doing based off you know facts rather than uh, let's say having more um, gut feelings or more political decisions as we have. Next up is Xavi Schelling, the Director of Sports Science and Performance for the NBA's San Antonio Spurs. Xavi appeared on our very first episode of the show where we looked at the use of AI in sport. Xavi, what do you see as basketball's biggest current challenge? I think it's not just my sport, it's, it's across the sports, but um, having the right channel to communicate all the information that we have now in our hands in the right amount and in the right timing to the coaches, uh, being able to select the right information to the, the true decision maker, which at the end of the day is the coach. What is your best sporting memory? Well, when, when they called me uh, to be part of our professional basketball team when I was 23 years old, uh, that season started uh, very, very badly. We were the favorite team um, and we started very, very bad. Um, they changed the, the head coach. The new uh, coach uh, believed in what we were doing um, from the sports science department and the scouting department, and we built from scratch uh, a new methodology that uh, we were very lucky, and, and we won the championship that same season. A great story. Uh, who has influenced you most in your career? Um, it's going to sound like a topic, but it's my family. Uh, my family has um, uh, been always very, very curious, and that curiosity uh, has led me where I am right now. Uh, and professionally, that curiosity makes me better every day. How about some advice for the next generation of sports scientists? Uh, I think that understanding complexity, uh, understanding that uh, everything or almost everything is connected, and that we are dealing with human beings, even though we are uh, surrounded by new technology, new information. At the end of the day, we deal with coaches, we deal with front office, and we deal with players, all of them human beings. And the big one, what will be the biggest change to basketball and perhaps the NBA in the next 10 years? I think that uh, taking advantage of uh, uh, the information that the game is giving us, uh, through computer vision and markerless systems that will help us to develop better the player through skill acquisition and motor learning techniques, but also to understand the team behaviors as a whole um, and the interactions between the different players. Now let's hear from Carl Woods. You first met Carl just a couple of weeks ago on our first mini-episode. Carl is a behavioural sports scientist working as a senior research fellow at Victoria University and was previously manager of skill acquisition and innovation at the Port Adelaide Football Club. He's also likely to feature on a few more of our mini-episodes in the future. Carl, what do you see as your biggest current challenge for your work in applied research? Perhaps not the biggest, but definitely one of them relates to knowledge integration. I don't think this is just the blurring of, of disciplinary lines in, in um, sports science, like between biomechanics or skill acquisition or, or physiology, but perhaps even the blurring of information sources as an entirety. So 
this opens up sports science support to be enriched by the experiential knowledge of coaches and athletes and other stakeholders i guess really encouraging us to to appreciate that neither one is right or wrong that but that perhaps these um in the weaving together of these ideas we're able to really embrace the complexity of sport in a, in a far richer and perhaps even more holistic way and that's what really allows us to to find ways to to support each other in in really practically beneficial ways how about your best sporting memory it's probably kicking the footy with my dad in the backyard as a young boy. Like I remember really vividly sitting at home on a Saturday afternoon, um, watching the footy on TV, often having played a footy game um, on, on Saturday morning. And, and then at halftime in, in the footy in an AFL game, heading out into the backyard with dad and, and having a bit of a kick, I guess really trying to recreate what I'd just been watching on, um, on telly. Who has influenced you most in your career? Uh, I'd have to say uh, my my um, doctoral advisor, Annette Rayner. Now, we don't really work together that much anymore, but what she taught me when we were working together as, as when I was her student was, was really how to be an inquisitive scientist above all. Um, and she really did that by perhaps guiding and supporting um, what I was interested in, not necessarily um, throwing something at me to, to go and study through her, so to speak, but really supporting and nurturing my interests and, and my joy of, um, of, of inquiry. There's clearly many more. Perhaps another one is, is, is Keith Davids. His guidance has been exceptional for me academically and, and I feel a genuine sense of joy uh, when, we, uh, when we work together uh, with, with people like yourself, Sam, and, and other colleagues of ours like, like James Rudd and, and many others. What about some advice for the next generation of sport scientists and researchers? Try not to follow the convention of a discipline that you're in. We're too often eager to label ourselves as biomechanists or skill acquisition specialists. Um, and by doing that, we, we really risk limiting our, our knowledge and our scope of inquiry. Um, so these days, I, I perhaps see myself more as a behavioural sports scientist. And the, the key with it is weaving these ideas and these things that I experience together to help me explain the phenomena that interests me, which is skill and knowledge and learning, and weaving, um, weaving all these various ideas together to help me explain that phenomena in a, in a much more holistic way. And finally, what will be the biggest change to sports science in the next 10 years? Uh, I think this leads us back to the first question regarding one of the bigger challenges. Uh, we're already starting to see the next generation of sports scientists uh, who weave ideas together and, and blur disciplinary lines. And, and I guess this uh, pushes towards more generalists as opposed to the continued specialisation that's, that's led us to this point. Last but not least is Steve McCaig, who originally joined us on episode 10 to talk about the limits of athlete tracking. Steve's background is predominantly in cricket. However, he's now the athlete health consultant at the English Institute of Sport, which means as I'm speaking, he will no doubt be hard at work helping to ensure the health and well-being of the Great Britain Olympic team as they compete in Tokyo. We recorded this little chat with Steve a few months ago in the lead up to the Games. Steve, what's your and the English Institute of Sports' biggest current challenge? COVID-19. Um, you know, the Olympics have already been postponed a year. Um, we're still wondering what the Olympics are actually going to look like. Sports have still got to qualify um, in some cases. Travel arrangements, what are the games going to look like? What's the village going to look like? But, you know, again, that's everyone in Olympic sports is dealing with that. Yeah, it'll certainly be a games like never before. What about your best sporting memory? As a practitioner, it was the 
2014 England Under-19 World Cup and uh, every game was almost decided in the last over. The boys beat India for the first time in a long time in an Under-19 World Cup in the last over. And the final game, which was the playoff for third against Australia, our 10th wicket scored 27 runs in the last over to win. It was an unbelievable tournament. As a fan, every Collingwood Grand Final victory that I've been alive for. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm on board with either of those responses. Uh, We might have to rescind your Australian citizenship. Uh, How about who has influenced you most in your career? Too many physios and coaches and SMCs to mention, but um, I mean, really my family and and my mum and my sister for um, encouraging me to, you know, go after opportunities and and, and always try things. Um, And without them, I certainly wouldn't have taken my first job in Perth and then also taken the leap to come over to the UK. How about some advice for the next generation of physiotherapists or practitioners? Develop your own philosophy or framework, um, which you can then evaluate um, new pieces of information against. I mean, it's great these days that there's so much information out there that you can you can learn that, that certainly I didn't have you know, when I first started. The, the challenge with that is, that is how you filter that and how you apply it to your own practice. So I think you know, develop your philosophy and framework for practice first. And finally, what will be the biggest change to Olympic sports in the next 10 years? We're not very good at predicting in the long term Sam, so I think we'll just stay agile and and be alert to what's going to happen, mate. Short and sweet for this mini episode, we thank our four guests for sharing a little bit more about themselves. Back to a full episode next week, where we'll be asking why should sport embrace complexity? In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the remainder of the games. I'm Sam Robertson, and this has been One Track Mind. One Track Mind is brought to you by Track and Victoria University. Our host is Professor Sam Robertson, and our producer is Lara Chan Baker. That's me. If you care about these issues as much as we do, please support us by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, and recommending the show to a friend. It only takes a minute, but it makes all the difference. If you want more where this came from, follow us on Twitter at TrackVU, on Instagram at track.vu, or just head to trackvu.com. While you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter? It's a regular dose of sports science insights from our leading team of researchers, with links to further reading on each episode topic. Thank you so much for listening to One Track Mind. We will see you soon.